Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Good morning. Good to see you this morning, especially want to welcome everybody that's watching online this morning. Uh, I want to congratulate everybody that is here today. You are the real Christians, you know. You came out in the rain to be here today. I mean, amazing to, to see you there. It seems nobody wants to sit up front, though. I, I don't understand that. I guess uh, at ball games, those are the good seats, but those aren't the, the good seats at church. It starts in the back and comes up, obviously, as we do that. But it's good to see you here and good to have uh, everybody joining us. So, okay, it's Labor Day weekend, so take a big breath, exhale, just take a little break, let it, all the tension come down a little bit. <clears throat> Has anybody noticed the world's a crazy place right now? Anybody but me notice that? Yeah, I've noticed that, that's for sure. And almost any way it could be crazy, it's crazy right now. Uh, you think of everything that's going on with a worldwide pandemic. Uh, you know, right when we thought things were getting better, it got worse again, and now it seems to be as bad as, as ever, and everything we thought we were getting through uh, is now back on us again, and it just causes people to get depressed. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to go back and have all this happen again. I just want, it to, uh, I want everything to get better. And then we look around and we say, well, maybe things are bad with worldwide pandemic, but at least we've got politics to relax with, right? Because nobody ever gets mad about anything that has to do with politics. Probably the most divided our country has ever been at any time we are at this very moment. But at least if our, if our country's divided politically and, and we have a worldwide pandemic, at least the rest of the world isn't crazy, right? No, it seems like people are crazy everywhere. You look around from Afghanistan to Haiti to Cuba, North Korea, China, we're in a world that's gone crazy. Well, even if all of that is bad, at least the economy's good, right? And we've got all the, all the stores and jobs going good. No, uh, as a matter of fact, I tried to go to lunch the other day with somebody and said, hey, Chip, you want to go to lunch one day? We said, sure. We went to three restaurants and they all told us we don't have enough employees to open today the three restaurants that we went to. So that doesn't seem to be quite working as well either. And so you look at all this stuff and you say, well, at least we can relax when we get home and get on social media, right? Because nothing crazy ever happens on social media. Nobody's going to put anything crazy on Facebook or anything like that. And so we can finally get there and we can relax a little bit. But that's not the case at all. We seem to be out of control in every area of everything happening in the world today. And so we're at a breaking point. We, we no longer can, can take it. We're ready to snap at any moment. You probably saw last week there was a Southwest Airlines flight. The plane was getting ready to land, and the flight attendant went through and told a lady, she said, ma'am, the plane is landing. You need to put your uh, tray table up, and you need to turn off your computer. And the lady freaks out, jumps up, and begins to pummel the flight attendant until she has to be pulled off, and now she's in jail waiting multiple charges for assault because she attacked the flight attendant for telling her to put on her seatbelt, put up her tray table, and to put up her laptop. But that's the world that we're living in right now. The Mental Health Association said that 20% of Americans, 20%, that's, an, that's a staggering number, have serious anxiety and depression issues right now. 
Two out of every 10 people you're going to meet have serious anxiety and depression issues. Another 62% of Americans, I'm sorry, another 42% of Americans have some sort of anxiety, depression issue that is affecting their life. It's making them feel sick, it's causing them to feel tired, whatever. So 62% of people you're going to come into contact with have some sort of anxiety and depression that's affecting their life in a serious way today. 62%. That's staggering. If it's not you, just look around and go, one, two, three, oh, it's that fourth one right there. And then you'll know exactly who it is if you're wondering who that may be. And then the church is trying to deal with all of that. What we've tried to deal with the church here so far is if, you wear a, if we ask people to, to wear a mask, uh, we're trying to take away your constitutional right. And if we don't ask you to wear a mask, we're trying to kill everybody in the state of Kentucky. And, and, and that's, that's what we get. And I get letters on both all the time. And we've literally had people leave the church over both things uh, because we weren't doing enough on one end or the other. And so if you wonder what it's like to be a pastor in today's day and age, uh, this is what it's like to be a pastor. Take a look at this uh, right here. That's what it's like to be a pastor. You're being chased by everybody and everything, everybody wanting to give you their opinion on every single subject in the world. And so you have no bandwidth yet left. You just get tired, you get anxious, you're at the end of the rope, you're ready for everything to be over, and yet it's not even close to being over. But what if I told you I had a cure for all of that? What if I told you I had something that can take away all of the anxiety, all of the stress, and cause you to look at life in an entirely different way? And that's what we're going to be looking at over in Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 8. Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 8. So turn over to that right now, and let's see what it has to say. This is the fourth of the Ten Commandments. So it's one of the big ten. If it's one of the big ten, it must be fairly important, right? Right, all right, so what's it say in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, uh, on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but on the seventh he rested. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy." Now, how in the world can a Sabbath day be the cure for all the anxiety and the stress and the craziness that we see in the world today? And that's what we're going to talk about uh, as we look into our scripture this morning. So the first thing we see as we look in uh, to this fourth of the Ten Commandments there in Exodus 20 is this. The Sabbath day is supposed to be a holy day. The Sabbath day is supposed to be a holy day. Twice in four sentences. In verse 8 and verse 11, we're told that the Sabbath is a holy day. Verse 8 says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then in verse 11, at the very end, it says, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. So twice in four sentences, we're told the Sabbath is supposed to be a holy day. So then that brings up the question, okay, what does the word holy mean? What's it mean that it's holy? Well, the word holy means different, set apart, above, unique. 
So this day, this Sabbath day, is supposed to be different than every other day. It's supposed to be above every other day. It's supposed to be unique from every other day and set apart from every other day. There's supposed to be something special about this day we call the Sabbath day. And yet what theologians tell us that of all the Ten Commandments, this fourth commandment on keeping the Sabbath is the one that is most commonly broken by everybody all the time, that nobody really keeps a Sabbath day anymore. And yet in the Old Testament, do you know what the uh, actual penalty was for not keeping the Sabbath day? You were put to death. Who here would be dead right now if we still did that? I'm glad we're not doing it. It's good to see you this morning as we're doing that. So that's fairly severe. So if that's, if that's the, 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 the punishment, why don't we even begin to think about it or take it seriously? One of the problems is we don't really understand what a Sabbath day means anyway. Uh, and so we've dumbed it down to basically be go to church on Sunday morning. So you came here, you're here for an hour, you go home, you've kept the Sabbath, you can now go do anything you want, everything's fine. Uh, And most Americans never get around to the heart of what a Sabbath day means. And we just don't follow it, we don't even think about it, we just do whatever we want to do. Uh, a few years ago, I happened to be chairman of, a, of a, a, a performance review for a denominational employee, and one of the things we told them is, you're working seven days a week. You can't work seven days a week. You've got to take a day off. When do you ever rest? And what they said is, well, when, we're, when I'm driving from one end of the state to the other in the car, that's my Sabbath day. That's when I rest. And so, uh, you know, very sincere, very hardworking, very caring, but missing the whole point of what a Sabbath day was all about. So why don't we take the Sabbath more seriously? What do we do about it? One reason we don't take the Sabbath day more seriously is very simple. We don't take it more seriously because we think we have to be in charge. I can't give up a day. I remember Chick-fil-A is, you know, not going to open on Sundays. And people said, man, how can you make it if you're only there six out of seven days? And uh, at Chick-fil-A, they said, well, if we can't make it in six days, we're not going to make it in seven. You know, it's just, just the way that it is. But we think I can't take a day off because I'm the center of the universe. And if I'm not there and if I'm not working and if I'm not doing what I was supposed to do, the whole world's going to fall apart. And so we think everything revolves around us because we don't trust God to be in charge we don't trust God to be able to take care of it if we're not doing something and that's kind of sad that shows us really what we think about God and God's power and God's sovereignty if we've got to be in charge of everything we can't even let it go for one day I remember when uh, my children were little uh, Dawn and I were going to go out to a movie one time and we had a, a girl babysit that was uh, like 14 years of age, and we thought, I don't know, is she really old enough to watch our kids? They're kind of young and all this kind of stuff. So we called like four times. You know, we called during supper. We called during the movie. Uh, you know, to, stop watching the movie. I'm calling my babysitter. You know, all this kind of we, we had to make sure that everything was okay because we didn't really know if we trusted this girl yet and found out that she was one of the best babysitters that we ever had. But that's how we are with God don't really know we can trust God if we take a day off. Well, look at Psalm 127, verse 2. It says this, In vain you rise up early and you stay up late, toiling for food to eat. He grants sleep to those he loves. So we think we've got to be in charge. We've got to hold on to everything. We, we can't let God be in control because we're too important 
But the psalmist here in Psalm 127 says, look, you can work all day long, but it's just in vain if God's not a part of it. He gives sleep, that rest, that, la that, that relief for stress that we're looking for. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at the main number one central point of what the Sabbath day is all about and how reclaiming it will reduce our anxiety and stress in the world today. And that brings us to the next thing that we see. This holy Sabbath, this different, unique day we've talked about, is supposed to be a day of rest more than anything else. It's supposed to be a day of rest more than anything else. Now, generally today when we think of Sabbath, what do we generally think of? Think of coming to church. So we've dumbed Sabbath down to attending church for an hour. But that's not what the Sabbath is centrally all about. As a matter of fact, the word Sabbath means rest. That's what the day means. The word literally means rest. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if the word means rest, what were you supposed to do on that day? Any thoughts, theologians? Rest. That's what we were supposed to be doing on that day. Look back to our scripture, verse 9 and 10. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Okay. What did it say about going to church on Sunday morning there? Nothing. Now, worship is a part of what Sabbath means, but it's not the central part of what the day was about. The Sabbath is supposed to be a day of rest, and we need a day of rest in three different areas of our life. First, we need a day of rest. The Sabbath is a day of rest for our bodies. Say a day of rest for our bodies. This is key. God created the human body where it functions most effectively on a rest every seven days. Want me to say that again? God created your body. It functions best on a day of rest every seven days. So if that's how your body functions best and you're not doing it, guess what happens to your body? It looks like what it does right now. That's what happens to it when you don't get that day of rest. Now, this was a radical concept when Moses read those commandments to the people because in that day and age, nobody thought of taking a day off or having a day of rest, but it's the way God created the world. And a day of rest doesn't mean an off day. Because sometimes on off days, we're busier than we are on any other day. You know, we got to catch up on everything we weren't able to do while we were at work. So uh, our, our weekend is, is constantly trying to catch up with everything that needs to be done at the house and with the family and everything else. And Monday comes and we're even tireder than we were on Friday when we ended the work week. So it's not that we need a day off. We need a day of rest. The American Heart Association says one day of rest a week will make you healthier, calmer, and more satisfied. It will make you 32% less likely to have a heart attack. A day of rest once a week will cause you to have 32% less chance of having a heart attack. Now that seems pretty straightforward, but few people ever take the day of rest. Again, we think of a day, of, uh, a day off instead of a day of rest where we catch up on everything else. So that's the point that we're missing here. And so we begin to reap the results of that as literally we face exhaustion because we never have a day where we rest our bodies. Rita Ora is a British singer and actress 
and uh, 25 years of age, full concert schedule. She completely collapsed before a concert. Here's a, a picture of Rita Ora right there. They're taking her uh, to the emergency room. Here's a picture she tweeted out uh, after she got to the emergency room. 25 years old, passed out uh, because of complete exhaustion because you just can't go seven days a week and never rest your body. People in the last couple of years, singers that have passed out and had to be taken to hospitals because of exhaustion, Tim McGraw, Lady Gaga, Marilyn Manson, Rihanna, Kanye West, and Taylor Swift have all passed out and had to go to the hospital because they were not able to just keep going. That's not the way God made the body. You need a day off to rest your body. So are you tired? Are you stressed? Do you feel like you can't go on anymore? You have trouble keeping your eyes open. You're just tired. Well, listen to Exodus 33, verse 14. Exodus 33, 14. The Lord says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. The key to rest is the presence of God being with you. And that's why we need a Sabbath, a day of rest for our bodies where we go back and we say, Lord, I believe what you said is true. I'm going to rest my body. I'm going to trust in your presence. I don't have to be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I can give it and trust you. Resting your body is a simple sign that you trust God. We need to do that. A second Sabbath we need to have is that we need a Sabbath of rest, not just for our body. We need a Sabbath of rest for our mind. We need a Sabbath of rest for our mind. So resting your body is great. We need that. But have you ever noticed that in today's society, we never turn our mind off? We hate silence. What's the very first thing you do when you get in your car? Turn on the radio because you can't even have five minutes of silence. You know, especially as Baptists, we can't have any silence in a service at all. You know, uh, if there's like five seconds transition, we're trying to think, oh no, there was a five second transition. Next week, we need to have them up here so that there's no dead time there because there's always got to be some sort of noise going on. And I know you're thinking right now, you could stop that noise right now, Chip, if you wanted to for all of us and we'd be much happier. But think about how we never turn our minds off. We have a 24-hour news cycle. Who thinks it benefits us to have a 24-hour news cycle? We used to get our news at 6.30 one day a week. I mean, one, 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 time, a, you know, one time a day. You know, that was when we got our news. You know, now it's a, it never ends. And do you think the purpose of a 24-hour news cycle is to calm you down? It's to get you agitated so you watch it more. If, if, if you just watch it and say, oh, the world's great and everything's going good, I don't need to watch that anymore. No, you need to get irritated. Have you ever noticed no matter what's going on, it'll flash across the screen, breaking news. You know, because they've got to keep you turned in. And then what about TV, social media, internet, iPads, telephones? We never turn our minds off. And so because of that, we just keep further and further in this anxiety and stress. You know, we've watched it. We talked about it before. Things like Facebook and Instagram have algorithms where they try to find your most extreme thing that you're looking at and keep giving it to you on your page over and over again because they're trying to suck you in so that you stay on their page and you don't put it down. 
Dawn and I have actually gotten to a point where we said, hey, you know what? Uh, at a certain point of night, we're putting up our iPads and our telephones. We're not looking at them anymore because we noticed uh, a few weeks ago uh, we were watching TV, and both of us were on our iPads doing this the whole time while we were watching TV. I was actually watching TV, doing this, and reading a book at the same time. Uh, that, that was there because I can multitask. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. And so we just said, hey, you know, at some point you got to turn your mind off. But when you don't turn your mind off, you stay agitated, you get overwhelmed, you feel anxious, you feel fearful, you feel depressed. And we begin to obsess about things when we don't turn our minds off. And so all we do is read about how bad COVID is 24 hours a day, and then we're afraid to even leave our house uh, because of the fear that's there. Or we read about everything going on in politics and everything happening in politics, and pretty soon we're following every conspiracy theory in the world. World. And then we just end up completely exhausted with our minds overtaxed. And so when that happens, we finally shut down and rest, right? No. You know what we do then? We take energy drinks. That's what we do. A $21 billion industry is energy drinks. Now, the average Coke, a Coca-Cola, has 35 milligrams of caffeine. The average energy drink has 250 to 500 milligrams of caffeine. And so you're doing nothing to rest yourself when you take an energy drink. You are hyping yourself up, but when the, when the, when the energy drink is over, when it leaves your system, guess what happens? You have a complete fall down, and you're tired or more anxious and more stressed than you were before. And yet that's the way we try to get through the world. That's the way we handle it. And so we never rest our minds. We're constantly on edge, fearful and angry. There's no margin, no reserve. We're stressed to the gills. It's making us literally physically ill. Heart racing, upset stomach, headache, and it's all coming from our mind, not from our bodies. So what's the cure when we're stressed like that and we can't turn our minds off? Listen to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything. You need a day where you shut off, where you get off all the internet. A lot of us can't even imagine going through a day without checking our social media account. Uh, you just need a day of unwinding, of resting your mind, and of not being anxious, but turning everything over to God. And saying, Lord, I believe you're sovereign. Lord, I believe you're in charge of everything happening in the world. There's nothing happening in the world that's greater than you or greater than your power to handle it. Help me to trust in you. And when we do that... It provides a rest for our minds. And then finally, uh, we need a Sabbath day of rest for our body. We need a Sabbath day of rest for our mind. And we need a Sabbath day of rest for our soul. For our soul. You know, the world can be a scary, overwhelming place. And if you never put God into the mix, you're going to be completely overwhelmed and stressed and anxious and fearful about everything. If you focus on your problem, your problem becomes supreme. That's why we need a day of focusing on God. We need a day of saying, Lord, look, 
I know this COVID thing is bad, but I also know that you're in charge. Lord, look, I know our country has gone polar opposites politically, but I know that you're over everything. Lord, I know the world is in chaos, but I know that you are over the world. We need a day of recentering on God. We need a day of looking at our own life and how did I live it this week and what did I do and how could I have made my life better. We need a day of, of understanding that, that God loves us and forgives us and when we do things that are wrong and we come up short, that he's a God that's going to restore us and get us going again. A day of finding love and forgiveness and hope and opportunity. And that's what we need more than anything else because when you don't get it, it affects you mentally, physically, and every other way. Lady Gaga was one of the people that uh, had exhaustion that forced her to go into the hospital. And this is a tweet she made shortly after she went into the hospital. Look at what she had to say there. I've been crying for hours. I feel like I've let my fans down tonight. An hour before the show, I was feeling dizzy and having trouble breathing. I was feeling dizzy and having trouble breathing. She went to the emergency room. They checked her in. Guess what the diagnosis was? Exhaustion and stress. That was it. I can't breathe. I, 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 you know, I feel like I'm being overcome. My heart's racing, and it was all stress and exhaustion. That's where it came from. And so that's what happens when we never have a time of centering on God and saying, Lord, you're in charge. Give me a little peace. Help me to trust in you. Look at what Jesus says in John 16, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Think about that for a second. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. Do we have peace right now? When you came into this room, was the one central thing you were saying is, ah, I feel at peace in this world right now. No, you don't feel at peace at all. Uh, we come in stressed to the gills. But you hear this words, I've come that you may have peace. But then he puts it in perspective. Guess what? In this world, you'll have trouble. You are going to have trouble in this world. So if you think, man, I just want COVID to get over with. Well, one day we'll probably be on the upside of COVID. But guess what? Something else will come along. It always does. It always has throughout human history. Go back and look. There's always been some sort of disease ravaging uh, humanity, uh, it seems. If you think, well, uh, if we just get to the next election, everything will be solved. Uh, yeah, that's what people have been saying since America started, you know, and it still hasn't happened. Well, you know, one day uh, we'll work out all these problems uh, between us and Afghanistan. Well, that's great. You do, then North Korea will go crazy, something like that. You know, the world's always going to have trouble. But this is where God then steps up and says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I'm greater than the world. So you can have peace in me. And that's why we need a day to refocus our soul. That's why we need a day of saying, God, I trust you. You're in charge. You've overcome the problems. You're still there. And so are we taking this to heart? And are we taking a Sabbath for our bodies, for our minds, and for our soul? Because that's the cure for what's really hitting us in the world today. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. We all need a Sabbath to survive in this crazy world. We all need a Sabbath to survive in this crazy world. Look at verse 11. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. He rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This Sabbath thing, this day of rest thing that we're talking about, it comes from the beginning of time in creation, where God rested after his creative activity, and we need to rest too. It's tied to the creation of the world, where God created for six and rested on a seventh, and we as God's creation, made in his image, need the same rest that God took. And without it, our world and our bodies and our minds and our souls will be less. The core of the commandment, keep the Sabbath day holy, is you need a day of rest more than anything else. And without it, a crazy world and crazy people will overcome you. And the prescription for what ails us is a day of rest. A day of being able to rest your body, rest your mind, rest your soul, however best that looks to you, without there being some sort of Sabbath police after you. And if we don't, then we will pay the price of not resting. I saw an interesting story this week in Indonesia, at a zoo in Indonesia, uh, a young lady was looking at the orangutans, and as she bent over the enclosure, she dropped her sunglasses where the orangutans were. And the mama orangutan went and got the sunglasses, went back, began to look at the sunglasses, and then looked up at the people watching her and saw they were all wearing their sunglasses. And so this is what the orangutan did. The orangutan put the sunglasses on, sat down, and began to chill. Okay? God says the prescription for your stress and anxiety is to have a day where you chill like an orangutan <laughs> and you just rest your body and your mind and your soul. Is it really a prescription for what ails us in our crazy world to take a day of rest? And the answer is yes, because it reorients you. It causes you to see things differently. It causes you to understand God's still in charge, he still loves you, and he's still sovereign. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I don't give it to you as the world gives it. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. My friends, it's a crazy world out there and crazy things are happening and we're stressed and anxious and fearful. And Jesus says, all I want to do is give you peace. Not like the world gives it. How does the world give peace? The world gives peace as an absence of conflict. We're not literally fighting, so we're at peace. But this is the peace that is shalom, total wholeness in your mind, your body, and your soul. And guess where total shalom comes from? It comes from the Ten Commandments and having a Sabbath day of rest where we can recenter on God and reorient and we can rest and find the peace that God wants for us. Do you need peace from our crazy world today? It's found in Jesus. It's found in a Sabbath rest. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for helping us to have the cure for all the anxiety and the stress that we have. And it's resting ourselves and looking to you in that rest. Father, help us as we go out to understand that this is something that's more than just a nice idea. It's a commandment if we want our lives to be what they were supposed to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we kind of come to this time of invitation.
And, and the first thing I would say during this invitation is for you to look at yourself and say, okay, how am I right now at resting my mind, my body, and my soul? Where are you right now? And you can do two things. You can look at it right now and you say, well, I'm pretty bad at that. And then you can go home and feel guilty all day that you're not doing what you were supposed to do. Or you can say, guess what? God gave me the prescription and the antidote for all of this, and it's resting in Him. And when we rest in Him, everything looks different. So you can say right now, Lord, help me to rest in You. Help me to understand that You know better than I do, that I don't have to be in charge of the world, that You already are, and just rest in Him. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ in your life at all, and you can't find the peace that He gives that's different than the peace of the world unless He's in your life. And if that's the case, then what I would say to you today is that you need to come and say, I, I, mean, I make a profession, I want to have Jesus Christ in my life, I want to know more about Him, or I just want to begin that conversation. If you're watching online, you can do that by hitting that uh, prayer tab right now and, and uh, either text the word prayer or connect, and uh, that will put you right there. If you're in person, there are cards in front of you in your chairs. Take one of those cards, fill out uh, whatever your request, your need, your commitment is, take it to the Welcome Center, and somebody will be in contact with you. Those cards are right in front of you in your chairs right there. But this is your time and your opportunity as we stand together and we sing. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.